You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. And we are here with another episode of Televised Heroics, Daniel. Our 42nd episode. Can you believe it? It's hard to believe, but you know. <laughs> I mean... We're pretty much coming up on a year, because I think we started off talking about uh, The Walking Dead. Or was it Fear the Walking Dead that we started talking about? Fear the first? Walking Dead. Well, look at yeah. that. We're already back to the beginning of uh, what we are, we had first started talking about. So, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, after a year, I know that you've uh, you started watching more stuff, because I've made you pretty much. Uh, I know you're watching... Uh, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. basically because of, uh, of what I had to say about it. And uh, I think I, I, I like to think that you're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, even though it came in through the second half of the third season, that half was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen a lot of the promotional stuff that's been coming out lately, but, you know, we're getting our ghostwriter to show up in that show here this season. The newest version of him in the comic book. Uh, I forget what the the kid's name is but he drives a car instead of a motorcycle interesting yeah a lot of uh photos and and stuff has been showing up online so they even tried to do like a viral video-esque kind of thing of someone capturing his car driving off in a on a cell phone kind of thing but it was very obviously staged and poorly made but it's okay so <laughs> excited to see what he looks like in the show yeah and Yay, we're finally over the whole Nick Cage thing. <laughs> well, I mean, Nick Cage was Johnny Blaze. They have another character, Danny Ketch, uh, who was the second Ghost Rider. And now we're going into this third Ghost Rider, and they decided to go straight to him. I'm guessing the reason why they did that is because Disney, Marvel, Marvel Disney, somewhere down the line might want to might want to put Ghost Rider into a movie again. And they're saving Johnny Blaze, Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch for the movie version instead of the Hispanic kid as the TV version. You know what I mean? Okay. That's the only thing I can assume. Okay. Uh, but, you know, since we've already kind of hit it off, this is uh, going to be our news segment of the show. Later on, we'll be talking about the three episodes that we've had so far of fear the walking dead which uh, i have to say i like um i know this is part of your first story so why don't you go ahead and uh tell us what you found out um so comicbook.com earlier in the week um posted an article just saying how uh fear the walking dead's been losing ever since it came back on air it's been losing viewers every week that's you know and I think we, we kind of hit on this last week when we were talking about it. I don't understand why. I think people were really expecting it to be a lot more like the regular Walking Dead. Um, but it, it doesn't make sense to make it like just like the regular Walking Dead because you already have the Walking Dead. Why you're going to want a spinoff show to be a little bit different. And I would say that it is. Other than the zombies, you know, we have different characters. We have different 
ideas of uh, who these people should be. Yeah, and uh, I mean, to set it apart from you know regular Walking Dead, this show really does have more character development than you know action or suspense, kind of like The Walking Dead has. Exactly, and you know, I mean, this is still a time when the characters can still be afraid of zombies instead of how we have in the walking dead. Now that they're not afraid, the people, I mean, they're all afraid of other people at this point. They don't, zombies are just an everyday thing that happens. So you, with the character still being afraid of the zombies in this show, we can still be afraid of zombies. You know what I mean? Right. So it's interesting. I mean, it is interesting to me that this, this show doesn't get as much, uh, love or viewership i mean i I guess it kind of makes sense also because you already have one tv show about zombies why do we need to have a second tv show about (laughs) zombies you know what i mean so right (laughs) so i I get it but then i don't get it so if they only go on for another season i think that's fine if you would you want if they only went on for another season because we're in season two and season three might be their last one would you want any of those characters to show up in the regular walking dead um, I mean, we got into discussion earlier, you know, during the week with how you want Chris to be, you know, a villain. And after watching, you know, these episodes, hell yeah, he has the potential to be a villain. So it'd be pretty awesome to see some <laughs> young punk teenage kid running, you know, a town or something. That that would be cool. I mean, if he were to show up in The Walking Dead at this point, he would be, he'd be, I don't know, was it, how many years is that supposed to be in The Walking Dead? Shh. Since, I think it's oh, I don't know. I mean, Judith is only is only a year old, maybe a year and a half at the most. So I would say that uh, it's only been two two years, maybe three years since the beginning of the apocalypse. Could be. I think three years is actually pushing it. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess he wouldn't be that much older, but I think it would be interesting. I think it would be, because I think, and we'll get into this more when we talk about the episodes, I think it would be interesting if we got to see someone that rose to become a villain, as opposed to how we get in The Walking Dead, where the person is already a villain when we meet them, i.e. Negan or the governor. You know, what if we saw how the you know the governor started out? And I think they have the comic book, in the comic book version, they, they show how he became the, the person that he became, right? Right. Yeah, but I mean, what if we saw how Nick thinking he was doing the right thing and the, you know, the mean, ends justify the means of how you get the, get there. He just ends up losing a little bit more of himself over and over. And so, oh, I'm sorry. I said Nick. I meant Chris, right? Right. Yeah, you know, until he becomes a an evil person. But he still thinks he's I mean, no one thinks that they're an evil person, right? They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, exactly, and and like I said, we'll get more into that when we get to the episode when we talk about the episodes. Um, my first thing I wanted to talk about is that Greg Berlanti, the one that we know that's in charge of basically the CW universe, the CWDC universe, uh, is bringing yet another show to television. But like we reported last week, it's not going to be to the CW. He's bringing Black Lightning as a TV character or comic book character to the TV to the TV. By uh, making the show on Fox. Black Lightning is a school teacher who has the ability to call down lightning. 
and uh, you know electric electrical power electrical power base, and uh, I think it could be interesting a, a, a different way to portray you know most of our heroes uh, kind of have extraordinary lives in their um, secret identities, but uh, you know a teacher by day and then a superhero by night could be an interesting. Uh, juxtaposition yeah so just gotta ask out of curiosity he's not the grown-up version of static shock (laughs) no he was created a a much long time much long time ago a longer time ago he was actually the first the first uh, african-american dc character superhero character so he was created I want to say back in the seventies or maybe the sixties and you know, stack shock was just created early two thousands, late nineties or something like that. So uh, they have done a lot of, of trying to connect the two in the comic books. They, they, they never made them relatives, but he it did become static shocks mentor because they do okay. have similar powers. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is, a cool way to, to look at the, the characters and, and who knows, maybe a young Virgil Hawkins might show up as one of his students. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking in the Greg Berlanti story, uh, storylines and stuff like that. The big anticipated, um, Bat, or Arrow, Supergirl, Flash crossover that we're going to see in the CW universe this this, uh, this season uh, will also includes Legends. Mm-hmm. He has gone on to say that it will be a three hour story. So this is cool for one because I I love to see that, but also interesting because there's four different titles in that uh, we have Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Yet only three hours. So. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, let's see. He In the article on comicbook.com, it says, One thing I always feel weird about, because people always uh, ask ask me, how do you do it all? And uh, he, the truth is, we're a big company, and there's a lot of people who do a lot. So, you know, they're going to end up putting... I, I assume the way it's going to work is that the characters from Legends of Tomorrow are going to have some kind of uh, mission that they're going to need to do that crosses over the three different properties and in, they basically enlist each one of them to help them correct whatever it is that went wrong. And uh, I honestly can't wait to find out what the story is going to be. Yeah, I'm very interested in it. Um, maybe they have to team up against another speedster. An, another speedster that travels through time or something like that you know i i could see that. that that'd be that'd be really cool yeah um i mean i mean they introduced somebody i think it was somebody from true blood um i think this happened at new york comic-con um and it, and it was just a still of him in a costume and it was a yellow costume too but uh he wasn't you know zoom or or reverse flash he wasn't like a incarnation of them too huh and it was an actor from um, True Blood, you say? I think it's an actor. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I didn't see this. was at what? New York Comic Con? Yep. Hmm. Cool. i have to look that up and find out. Uh, my last piece for from Greg Berlanti in the Berlanti universe. 
uh, he had something to say about the Suicide Squad movie, and uh, he says, "To what extent are they? Or they, they, uh, they, they asked him to what extent are the comics R and D for the TV and movie properties? Does DC Comics president Jeff Johns come to you and say, hey, here's something we tried out in a comic. Let's see, let's try it here.' And some, and he responded with, sometimes." Uh, or he has other executives mention that to us. They said to us a year and a half before they started developing Suicide Squad, will you guys put up a version of the Suicide Squad in your show because we want to have it as a film at some point. So we all know that, or we've all kind of speculated that um, Suicide Squad on the Arrow universe got taken away because they were making the movie. Uh, it sounds more like the reason they made the movie or the reason they made the, the the one on the Arrow universe is to TV? see how well, yeah, on TV, how well it would work as a movie if people wanted to see that. So uh, the quote goes on as, um, "We were about we were about season two when we when they started telling us that we had to start basically killing off the Suicide Squad, that we were starting to build on our own. We were actually trying to build that on our own." on the t- on the show and i guess once dc found out they were going to be doing their own movie of it we had to axe all the characters because before we even got to show them which was a little annoying at first uh and i mean i imagine that would be kind of annoying because you're taking the time out to create these characters and uh, flesh them out and stuff and especially amanda waller who we saw at the end of last season get killed off uh, you know, she was yep. a, she was a big part of the Arrow universe since oh, I think since season two. So it's yeah. it's interesting to see her just end up getting killed. Uh, and as a longtime comic book reader, the the sight of uh, Amanda Waller the Wall dying is almost uh, unnerving because she's such a big part of the DC universe at the at in in the in the comic books, and she always has a way out. She always figures out how to how to save her own skin. Who knows? Maybe she's not dead. That could definitely show up, and it would definitely be in uh, the character of Amanda Waller to fake her own death or, you know, get away at the last second. Right. Or be like, oh, I had a clone. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the old uh, Nick Fury life model decoy trick, you telling me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,. Last thing, I just put it up on our Facebook, which uh, I think is very cool. We have the actor Ryan Potter, uh, best known for being the voice of Iro Hamada in the Big Hero 6 animated movie from uh, Marvel. Did you see that movie? Hell yeah, I love that movie. Okay, good. Uh, He has basically come out on social media talking about how he would love to be Tim Drake in the Batman um, Ben Affleck movie. Now, it would make sense that it would be Tim Drake because obviously we see the costume of Jason Todd uh, in the Batman v Superman movie, meaning that we we already had a Dick Grayson and Jason Todd has already died, Mm -hmm. so we would be at the point where we'd have Tim Drake and... He is also a martial artist, so he made himself a um, basically sizzle reel or audition reel kind of thing, where he's fo- showing showcasing his martial arts skills. And uh, if you watch the video, you see him kicking ass and and doing a lot of action scenes. I mean, there's a lot of cuts, and there's added in uh, foley 
sound effects uh, after for post production, but it looks pretty good. And he ends it off, ends the video by saying, uh, "Hey Ben, uh, you, you ha- wait, let me see, let me get this right. Hey Ben, like Tim said, Batman needs a Robin, and that's how he ends. And you know that's you know that isn't right out of the comic books because Tim Drake is supposed to be, uh, you know, almost." on par with Batman on being a detective, maybe not on par. He's, he's really good for his age. He's, he's ex- exceptional detective and, and really intelligent. He actually is one of the few people figured out, figured out who Batman <laughs> was that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. So, uh, it, it would be pretty good. And I mean, obviously he is of Asian descent. So, uh, that would be an interesting take on the character of Tim Drake. I also find it interesting because there's been a lot of rumors lately that they are looking at Steven Yeung to be uh, Dick Grayson Nightwing. Yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, wow, okay. So maybe uh, maybe to get those fans from The Walking Dead to watch, uh, you know, Warner Brother movies. <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, that, that, that could, I could see that happening. I mean... Does that mean something about Stephen Young's Yoon's, uh, you know, schedule opening up here? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I could, I could definitely see that. Damn! Now you got me th- thinking about that again. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get a chance, you can go watch that video. Well, I'm totally gonna watch it after this. Did you have any more news? Uh, the last thing I want to say is that um, they announced that Billy Crudup is going to be Henry Allen in the Flash movie. That's right. She, he would be, uh, uh, be playing Ezra Miller's father in the Flash movie. So he could, uh, uh, which, I mean, makes sense. He looks, they, the two of them look a lot some more, they look similar to each other. So they could uh, definitely pull that off. And uh, I did see an article where... Um, the actor, I can't. Oh, Wesley Ship, who plays Grant Gust, Gustin's Barry's father in the TV show, has congratulated him, you know, uh, publicly, saying, you know, way to go. Yeah. How do you feel about Billy Crudup? I mean, that makes the second Watchmen actor to be a father in the DC movie universe. Uh, Warner Brothers doesn't want to let go of their actors. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Zack Snyder has a lot to do with uh, the casting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was some theory, which I didn't read, but uh, came up on my feed on Facebook saying how this could be linked to, to Watchmen since, you know, Convergence made Watchmen a thing again and made a continuity. That's true. And Rebirth is, has a lot to do with... Uh, it seems like it has a lot to do with... Uh, Watchmen characters also. Yep. Uh, what? Who? Who else would you like to see become a father in the new DCEU? That's the Watchmen. You got Patrick Wilson. You got Matthew Good. Uh, Rorschach. You want Jackie Earl Haley to be someone's father? <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley could totally be um, Heat Waves Dad. Heat Waves Dad. There you go. That's not bad. Uh. uh so we got yeah, it's interesting. We got a lot of a lot of good news uh, coming out of there. Uh, anything else you want to go over before we s- switch over to our TV shows or our one TV I'm, show for this week? I'm ready to go when you are. Oh, I did want to say Gotham comes back this month. Also, I believe September yes. 19th. I want to say yeah, or, yeah. 
coming up shortly. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a week from t- uh, from uh, from now. So yeah, that's uh, we're gonna be bringing that back. We'll be talking about Gotham again. And if it's called the Mad Something, the Mad this Something. Half- oh the oh okay. Yeah, so obviously it's going to deal heavily with the uh, Mad Hatter. I could definitely see that that happening. You know, there but there's a lot of characters that are just mad in general, <laughs> like as in crazy uh for the That's true. Batman um villains. That is true. There's a lot of crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel. Fear the Walking Dead. Season 2 Fear B. Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we After the end of Season 2A, we have everybody splitting up, pretty much. We have uh, Travis going off with Christopher. We have um, Alicia, Sophie, and Madison going off with... Uh, Strand, with Strand, and then uh, Nick decides to go off on his own because he's he's the zombie whisperer. He knows how to walk amongst <laughs> them. <laughs> Dances with walkers. Dances with walkers. There you go. Uh, so that I mean, which which brings us to the first episode, episode uh, season two, episode eight, grotesque. Nick is. Following his herd, I guess if that's when you or uh, you know if that's what you want to call them, he's staying in his pack and he's he's wandering the desert. Uh, comes to a point where he finds that house to stay in. That he's I, I think I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but it's one of the memorable things about it is that he's staying in that house that he he f- figures is abandoned because he doesn't see anybody around there, and he he ha- he lights himself a little fire, has his little bit of water. And he goes to sleep, and then all of a sudden, uh, someone comes walking in and starts hitting him with a <laughs> with a bat, right? Right. And and obviously the language barrier between the two, he can't convince her that he's okay, and she's freaking out and she's trying to protect her kid. What did you think of that scene? It's just man, I feel okay, he's lucky at certain points, but he's also very unlucky at other points as well. <laughs> And that's just bad luck on his part. It's true. I think he is he is extremely lucky and I mean the fact that he figured out I mean just looking back he figured out how to camouflage himself amongst the the zombies or the infected uh by because he cut that one uh slit that one's throat and it just sprayed all over him and from that point on he just constantly covers himself in infected blood and walks around with the rest of the zombies. Uh, and I mean, it seems like, you know, obviously, in uh, the regular Walking Dead, they're like, oh my God, we can move amongst them. And, uh, you know, they kind of just stayed away from that. But in this show, might that might play a lot more heavily into, you know, this show. Yeah, they seem to embrace it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, even to the point, like, because, uh, you know, this might be, this is also skipping ahead quite a bit. But, you know, we get to the. Uh, the character that Nick meets up with, I don't remember what her name is, but they, she also uses it to walk amongst the dead so she can get, but it's, she does it so that she can get tasks done so she can do things. Whereas Nick just does it cause he doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. And I mean, they use that kind of camouflage to get supplies, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, so at that point, he has to he has to leave that house, but he has to leave all of his supplies with it. And he walks, he keeps walking through the desert. Now he has no water, he has no food. He, he tries to drink the water from the cactus, and it's not as easy as you know everybody makes it out to be <laughs> when they tell you if you're stuck in the desert, you can get water from a cactus. Just stab a hole in it. <laughs> yeah. He finds out that doesn't quite quite work out right and gets really sick. Yeah, and I mean, this is what I want to say, um, you know, his luck, you know, kind of uh, kicks in, I guess. Um, at this point, it seems like, you know, he's, he still has to go on, obviously, even though he's sick. Um, you know, he's... Oh crap! Walking around amongst a herd again, and sorry, reading my trying to read all my notes. Okay, is this the point when he gets uh, attacked by the dogs? Yeah, I was gonna say attacks by the dogs, and how very convenient that you know by them uh, by the dogs biting him, he fucking starts walking like a wa- like a walker. He has that little. Uh, yeah, because crap. yeah, because the dog is yeah, exactly because <laughs> they've chewed on his leg and he's kind of just limping around. Yep. So it sucks he got bit by a dog, but again, very convenient and very lucky. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's the point when he walks up. He's with the herd and he's walk. He walks up on the the three. Um, I don't know what they are. The drug cartel guys or just guys that are. Uh, you know, out out joyriding, they start to f- shoot the the zombies, but then they see him and they start to they want they start to fire it. Oh, that's what the, it was the guy in the the truck or the car. Yeah, he shoot they shoot that guy and he's he's trying to hide, but then they see him and he runs away, and he runs yeah, through the then, desert to get away from them. And he makes eye contact with them for quite some time. You know, they make eye contact with each other too. Mm-hmm pretty stupid though <laughs> well it wasn't as stupid as how the guy dies later when he gets back into the herd and the yeah the guy like is looking at him and he's trying to fire but he can't seem to kill nick even though he was killing all the zombies and then he goes to re- he goes to reload and he just reloads right there as the zombies are getting closer to him it's like what the hell is wrong with you just run away run back to the car <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. You could have ran. Jeez. <laughs> no, he just sat there and waited until the zombies got up on him, and they, they tore him apart. Uh, and then they got his buddy, and then the only only one to get away was the one that was still in the car. Smart one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's when we see uh, the the girl, the, the, new, the new girl and her friends from town that they see him as part of the the herd and that's when they first see him and he falls after that whole thing he falls to the ground and he's not a part of the the herd anymore but he's also basically heat exhausted or dehydrated yeah so he wakes up after that in the medical room pharmacy thing of the the town Yep, um, and that's when I actually wrote um, my note here that Doctor seems like it's going to be a very interesting character. And then um, 
at this point, we just uh, have Nick having kind of flashbacks of him and his girlfriend back in rehab. Oh, that's right. And that's when we learn for the first time what actually happened to Nick and Alicia's father. He sounded like he was suffering from depression. And uh, what they told him is that he fell asleep at the wheel and then he crashed. But from what it sounds like that we find out in the next episode when uh, Madison is talking to Strand is that he more than likely killed himself. Right, more likely killed himself. Um, So she just lied to the kids to, you know, make him feel better. Right, to, to hide the truth from them. Uh, which the next episode is called Los Muertos, and we're still following Nick and his new group, this town. Uh, I don't know if they've given the, the town a name or not, but he's uh, part of this community that's obviously living somewhat normal, but they are surrounded by a fence and then also uh, more infected, which they call their wall. Uh, I'm guessing it's some kind of safety measure to keep other people out. Um, it sounds like we, we, we get to see that they also give up someone that's about to die or close to being dead. They, they make him go out and be amongst the, 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 the infected. So I was thinking, you know, this whole time, okay, so you want, you call it the wall. You want to provide safety, so you know you chant something that sounds like from a cult, get chowed on, and you become one of the walkers. Won't that be a problem later? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, obviously it could become <laughs> a problem later, but at, right now, at this point, they're kind of just thinking, you, now you're part of the wall, you're helping protect the, the, the town, the rest of the community, since you can no longer do it as a living person. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also interesting because their fence, the way they be, you become part of the wall or you go through the, the walkers is you have to go through a bus that's come through the fence. So you go in through the front door and you go out through the back door and you become part of the, that walker herd. And uh, it's it's kind of an interesting little, little way of doing it. Um, we also find that that's their way out because Nick gets chosen to go with uh the female character to get supplies and she knows that he knows how to get through there by covering yourself in blood now he covers his whole head and you know body and blood she kind of just does a little a little bit here a little bit there where she knows that the the scent will will camouflage her she doesn't do as much as he does Right. Even though I think in Alexandria, didn't they say that it's best to cover yourself up completely? I mean, I would assume so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you don't want anything to give your scent away. You don't want to take any chances. Um, Once again, they don't... Now, they don't think of the infected as being only temporary dead, like the way that uh, the last place kind of thought of it, right? I mean, did, did right. the, the last the last place? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, the last place it seemed like they could be revived or they could be cured. You know, they're going to find a cure for the sickness and they're going to come back, and it was going to be fine. Right. That's why they were keeping them down in the basement or the corral area, or whatever the hell that was. And wine uh, cellar. 
Was it a wine cellar? Looked like it. Okay. Big barrels. Oh, well, there you go. A wine cellar. And, yeah, they were hoping there because she kept saying, this is our family members and stuff like that, which was very reminiscent of the barn from uh, Herschel's farm. Yeah, that is true. That's uh, very reminiscent. Didn't even think about it that way. Um, but yeah, this one they're they they know that these people are dead, but they still feel like it's only uh, a step in the next direction or whatever. It's supposed to be. Uh, we're gonna even though and this is when we get a big reveal, or at least this is what we're told that the their their local doctor, who is actually just a pharmacist, uh, was bit at one point and he didn't turn. And he's like, what? No way. I've seen everybody. Everybody get uh, once they're bit, they turn. Right. But we also know that it's, that has nothing to do with the biting or anything like that. It's everybody already is infected. It's just once you die, you be, you become an infect, you become a walker. Right. So, I mean, with every disease ever known, you know, there's going to be, there's always at least one person that's immune to it in a world of, you know, a world of, of people. So, I mean, it's not un- unheard of that there could be a person that's a- immune to being infected. Right. But, I mean, later, we'll get, you know, later we find out that, you know, he's missing a big old chunk of his flesh from his shoulder. It's true. I mean, that, assuming that's where he was bit at. And they probably just, you know, cut it, though. You think that's what happened? I mean, that's pretty close to, I mean, we saw Herschel get his his leg bitten and they chopped it off pretty quickly but that's a lot further to travel to infect the rest of his body whereas you know you get put in the shoulder your heart's right there true um i mean i guess they soldered the wound immediately i don't know that's it's true i mean that there's lots of things that could happen in the chunk that you see that's missing from his shoulders a pretty good sized chunk yeah it looks like a big ass bite mark so that's um i don't know you could be right, you know. It could be, could be, could be wrong too. Now the task that Nick is going on with uh, the other, you know, let me look up her name before I keep saying the other <laughs> character. Uh, you know, it, the the task that they're they're going off on is that they need to um, get supplies, and by this they have to go to uh, a marketplace that's being run by, I'm guessing some kind of cartel or just some kind of gang. And you, they bring them drugs because they have a pharmacy and the drugs allow them to get a cart full of supplies. Only what can be fit in the cart. Um, the character's name is Luciana. Okay. Okay. So Luciana tells this to Nick that, you know, it's only what's in the cart. Keep your head down and just, you know, don't don't get us in any trouble. And the reason she even says the reason he's like, well, why'd you bring me along? And she says, well, because you're not you're expendable. I don't, you know, if you get killed, it's I'm okay with that. Basically, kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up, but it's true. I mean, she's the rest of the people there are her community. She knows them. She's grown up with them or whatever. And Nick is new. And plus. I, I get the feeling that if Nick, no one ever told Nick to do anything, he would just fuck around and, you know, sleep all day or do whatever. He, he wouldn't commute. He wouldn't uh, contribute to the community, which this type of community definitely needs everybody to do something to make it survive. Well, when he was with Strand, he tried to do everything he possibly could, you know, to make everything work. He did contrib- contribute with Strand. 
True. I think that was more of, I don't know, I, I think that was more when they were in jail. He knew he needed to get out, so he did whatever Strand told him to do. And he contributed that boat. way. Even on the well, I guess that's true, too. I don't know. It's just, to me, maybe it's because after what happened at the, the compound or the farm or whatever you want to call it, the, uh, the wine farm, the vineyard, I guess that's what it would be. Uh, <laughs> he He's had a change of mind or, you know, he's reflecting more on stuff. That's why he went walking away with the walkers. But... But if you think about it, um, you know, with what you just brought up, I think he's starting to realize that, holy shit, people are the real danger. I need to, you know, look out for myself and, you know, just fend for myself instead of being in a group. Yeah, even but even with your family, like your I mean, your family is going to be your best bet to, to also stay alive. Yeah, well, a very dysfunctional family. <laughs> True, it's a dysfunctional family, but what fu- family is completely functional, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> uh, well, while inside the market, which, you know, doesn't really have all that much supplies, but it apparently has a lot of water, uh, he sees that there are some people that are kind of sick and just being put out in beds i guess he put two and two together and realized that the one girl that he's looking at is actually strung out and you know which would make sense he would know what a strung out person looks like uh yep (laughs) he he grabs a a treat some kind of like sweet treat that he uh those things are awesome (laughs) i don't even know what it is what was it it's a gancito it's basically a chocolate covered uh uh twinkie and the filling, instead of uh, it being that vanilla fluff, it's actually uh, strawberry filling. Ah, okay. So, yeah, he, he grabs that, and he's about to put it in the cart, and uh, Lucin- uh, Luciana says, no, that's not uh, that's not going in here. We can't waste the space on it, even though it's it's literally you know the size of a matchbox car. <laughs> it's not like it's really going to take up all that space. And I, I, I'm assuming he doesn't think about it, and he just puts it in his back pocket because like, he got distracted. But he could have done it on purpose too, trying to pull one over on them. So when they're leaving, the the guard or whoever tackles him down and says, "Look, you you tried to take something that you weren't supposed to." They're about to shoot him, and then he comes up with a plan on his own. He says, "Look, I know your sister in there is strung out, and she really needs some drugs. Uh, we're gonna we'll get you the drugs, but you have to give us another cart, and 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 basically we're gonna." He renegotiates the the plans that they have, so he gets them another cart of water. Yeah, and Luciana gets incredibly pissed. Yeah, because now she's worried that you know they're going to retaliate. They they might come to their town and try and kill because they don't. It doesn't seem like they they have too many weapons, but they obviously have drugs and people. And uh, the other guy wants the drug, so you know this makes them a target. And that's you know that's what this world is now at, at that point. Uh, but he's, he's extremely proud of himself for what he's done. He's, he thinks he's, you know, been the man and he has useful skills now, but she's right. She's like, I I don't know if anybody's following us. We, you know, it's going to be much harder for us to push two cards and stuff. And, uh, she's very worried about what, what could happen from this. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's going to be that many consequences. I think it's just going to be more like, okay, on your next shipment, if you want the water, you just need to bring us more drugs. 
Yeah, and that could definitely be it. And uh, I know he also he ends up talking to um, that might be in the next episode, but he talks to the pharmacy guy, and he, the he talks about the whole drugs and 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 addiction habit and stuff like that and he gives him a little bit more information about himself uh the pharmacy guy does and they have a little bit it seems like they're going to get more into it between the two of them in this next coming episode i hope so because again that guy did really seem interesting so i'm curious to know especially how he survived the bite yeah exactly um then the Los Muertos also ha- gives us a little bit more of what is happening with Madison Strand and Alicia and Ophelia. And they've found themselves uh, a hotel. Well, they basically went to look for the Abigail and the Abigail was gone. And there was writing in the sand. Uh, did you see it? No, I couldn't make it out. It says something about the Abigail uh, has left or something like that. And I, I didn't quite understand what the message meant. I don't know if it's just very straightforward. It might be, I was going to say, do you think it could be the uh, Asian girl retaliated and took the Abigail? Ooh, that that could definitely be it. I mean, it, and it also could be the whoever's left of the people that they, they killed, the, the pirates, basically. Right. Yeah. That so. too. They So then they, they basically head off and they go find a uh, hotel. Uh, apparently it's actually a real, real hotel in Mexico. That's very famous and, and, uh, uh, really well known and used a lot because they were still, they were filming in the hotel while it was still being used. And a lot of people were confused by what was going on. A lot of the, (laughs) uh, patrons of the hotel. Really? Yeah. That's what, uh, I've read a little bit and I guess they were, they were talking about on talking dead. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, while they searched a little bit of the hotel, they've come to the conclusion that there weren't any infected in there <laughs> in this episode. Oh, boy. And uh, Alicia and Ophelia go upstairs. They go find some rooms. Uh, Strand and, and Madison decide to go down to the bar and drink. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Madison's real broken up about Travis being gone and Nick being gone. Uh, so she doesn't understand why Nick would decide to go off on his own. And, you know, she's upset that Travis isn't with her. Cause you know, I would assume that they, they had a loving relationship. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to drink their problems away. Cause strand, you know, lost someone that he loved his, his lover. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, and it's, they kind of get into this whole thing about, you know, what if we weren't, this wasn't the zombie apocalypse. What if we were just meeting in the bar right now? What would be happening? And she, he said something about, uh, you know, I'd be putting on my best moves on you. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it wouldn't work. Cause I used to be a bartender. And she actually said that she was a bartender in, uh, Georgia or something like that. Because he brings up the fact that she has this Southern accent. Right. And, uh, she did say something like that. Yeah, and she's and I don't know if she says Georgia or some other s- southern state over there, uh, because uh, you know there was a lot of speculation to the fact that she had that southern accent, and uh, I think they kind of wanted to put it to bed that she wasn't related to anybody in the regular Walking Dead, 
So they might not have said Georgia because they. Cause I don't think. I think when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that that puts it to bed. She's not related to anybody." But she she said she was a bartender in college while she was putting herself through college or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was uh, incorrect. Strand on how to make a martini. <laughs> incorrect. Strand on how to <laughs> make a martini. Uh, as they drank more. Uh, Strand decides to play the piano and Madison's throwing glasses against the wall. All they're doing is making more and more noise. And we know That's the one thing that attracts idea. attracts uh, <laughs> uh, walkers or infected more than anything else is noise. So uh, as they do this, we see around town and around the rest of the, the hotel, they start to come out of the woodwork and come towards the, the hotel where the noise is being made. And, uh, that's when Alicia coming out of the shower, cause she decided to take a shower, um, sees zombies just falling by the window. So I guess there were some on the roof or higher up floors that are hearing the music and hearing the cl- crashing glasses that are throwing themselves off to get closer to it. And also Ophelia is no longer in the room. This now becomes the new mystery. Where is Ophelia for the next episode and a half? Well, I mean, with Ophelia, it looked like, you know, she was going to kill herself at some point. She did. I mean, with her mother gone and her father gone now, uh, she was looking at the... Because her and Alicia found a man who had killed himself. himself. Yeah, hung himself in a bathroom in one of the other hotel rooms. And she, you know, she asked, why do you think he would have done that? And Alicia's kind of like, well, you know, what? what's the other alternative? You know, he doesn't really have much options. So, uh, the, you obviously see the, that the, the idea pops into her head and she's also not in a, a great place right now, personally or mentally wise. And, uh, that obviously is an option, but would you have a character like that, that just dies, gets killed off in the, in a, in a scene off screen, like. I guess no. that's kind of what happened to um, <laughs> Carol's daughter. She gets killed on oh, screen, that's true. and we don't we don't know that she's dead until much later in the season <gasps> when she comes out of the barn as a zombie. The barn. So, I mean, I guess that could be a big reveal later when everybody's looking for Ophelia, and then all of a sudden she's part of the group and she's a she's a zombie again. Yeah, that could be a possibility. And uh, that's where Los Muertos ends, and we go into uh, Do Not Disturb. And Alicia, uh, now seeing more and more zombies coming by the the peephole of her room, I- I'm guessing she's counting the zombies. That's why she's scratching the numbers into the uh, the dash marks into the door. Is that is that what you got? Yeah. I mean, I guess so, but it didn't make sense to me because she would make it into a next instead of just a little, you know, cross or a little <laughs> dash, I mean. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be. So as she sees them walk past, I guess she thinks she has a clearing and she goes running for the for the elevator. She props open the elevator door and the best she can do is jump to the cables and she jumps to the cables and holds there while they're all trying to basically come at her face uh and they fall down the elevator shaft to the elevator which is probably only a couple floors down uh and then finally the the floor above her opens up and there's 
uh, lady there that, that's gonna, that tries to help her out. Yep. And then as soon as she rescues her, she's like, all right, where are they? Yeah, she's she's looking for her nephew. Now, the episode, that's right, well, the episode starts off showing a wedding happening at that particular hotel. And she, um, the character is Alana, uh, is the hotel manager, I guess. I'm guessing is what she is. She uh, is overseeing the 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 wedding or the wedding reception as it's going on, and we saw the aftermath of the wedding reception in the last episode when Madison and Alicia and so- Ophelia were were looking through the hotel, and uh, we found out that what happened there is the the, the, the mother of the bride and the father of the bride are kind of having a argument, and the father gets up to go have his last dance or his first dance with his daughter after the the wedding and uh the mother of the bride tells elena that she wants to leave right now because she hears that people they're they're closing up the border to america and they need to get their family back to america before this sickness gets everywhere and elena's like no one's sick here you're okay you'll be fine because she doesn't want you know bad press to happen or anything like that uh, but then the father has a heart attack as he's dancing with his daughter, and then he dies right there on the dance floor. And as he dies, uh, he turns. He becomes an infected. And while his daughter is trying to give him mouth-to-mouth, she he bites off her cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing this all happen, Elena gets the rest of the staff out of the wedding reception room and t- and proceeds to lock the room with all the rest of the family in there. And her rationale is that, you know, this family is now infected. She's got to protect the rest of the hotel guests because, you know, nothing can happen to the guests. That's bad policy. And uh, she locks him in there to die. Yeah, that was uh, pretty brutal. <laughs> that was a pretty intense scene. I mean, she, it, it's, it is thinking quick, but it's also very heartless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Elena is looking for her nephew, I want to say. And yep, the he, nephew. Yeah, who's also a uh, uh, worked for the hotel. Worked for the hotel. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like they were. He was taken hostage by other guests, and she just keeps. I mean, a lot of the stuff I think she was saying it doesn't make any sense. But uh, to me, she's also kind of uh, a little bit off the deep end too, because she's one of these people that puts a lot of pressure on herself, especially being the hotel manager and she might've cracked a little bit. So she keeps saying they took him, they took him and you don't know exactly who it is. You get, you get, you get the reveal at the end is that it's the mother, the bride and some of the people that were in the wedding party that have him hostage. And they really want her because they blame her for locking them in that room and getting them killed, getting most of their family killed. Yep, and then they want the the keys to the hotel too, right? And which I don't underst- really understand why. I mean, you could have left at any time. Why do you need the keys? But they didn't shelter. Leave. I guess. Uh, I mean, but as we saw with um, Alicia and Ophelia, I mean, a lot of the rooms weren't really locked, or they 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 found a key off of a maid's cart, and you could open up any of the regular rooms that you wanted. They don't know that. <laughs> well, I mean, if they searched around, they've been there for a while. It didn't take Alicia and, and Ophelia that long to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, they, true. she did figure out that uh, Elena was the one that was uh, 
you know, marking rooms with infected people. Like she even does it later. She helps Elena get, uh, get some of the infected into a room by, you know, running into the room, making them chase her. And then once they get in the room, Elena locks the door behind or closes the door behind them because they can't, because walkers can't fare outdoors. And then she has to climb out over the railing and, you know, get to the next room, which I was like, I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Isn't there supposed to be a door that connects the two rooms? Couldn't you have just used that door instead of too (laughs) convenient? I guess, I guess that's what it was. So, uh, she helps her a little bit, even though Elena doesn't trust her all that much at first, but, uh, eventually the, the idea is to get out of that floor so they can get back down to the the first floor so he she uh alicia can save her mom and uh elena can look for her nephew and again that is all convenient because when they find the nephew she hands over the keys zombies break in and then you know reunited with her fucking mom (laughs) yeah down in some hidden bathroom (laughs) that's on the basement floor through the laundry room or some shit like that. Yeah. (laughs) Which I would really like to know how Madison and Shan got out from under, from out, from out that bar because they were surrounded. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you think it was them that basically locked up the bar with all the chairs and stuff? It it might've been that that's a good possibility. Do you know where Alicia got the butter knife, but butterfly knife from? What's up? The butterfly knife that Alicia has. She uses Okay, I was asking myself the same question too. And also, when does she become a badass with the butterfly knife? I, I know. She's sitting there like just twirling it around over and over. I mean, I really don't remember where she got it from. I mean, it could have been a scene that was important that I just don't remember, but yeah, she even like when she thinks she sees the zombie version of her mom downstairs at the bar. Uh she's kinda frozen, but then when the zombie looks up and she realizes it's not her mom, she instantly stabs it in the fucking head and she walks away. So she's she's becoming more of the badass. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. I was thinking maybe she found it in one of the hotel's room hotel rooms, I guess. I mean that could definitely have happened. I just don't remember where, when it happened. Um Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> But yeah, she she's come the, become a little bit of a badass. So yeah, it's now Strand and Madison and uh, Alicia and Elena and her nephew are all stuck in this one room, waiting for whatever happens. The the people from the wedding are running around now that they have keys. I guess they're sa- they feel they're safe, and we have no idea where Ophelia is. Uh, Ophelia. <laughs> which then leaves us with Travis and Christopher who uh, Travis now has a pretty bad wound in his foot Uh, that was from walking around barefoot right yeah because he had to give his shoes up for something Um, I think he gave the shoes um, to that dad you know remember um, before the the mid season finale uh, Chris was holding somebody hostage. He's like, oh, the reason you're out and about is because you need shoes for your kid or something and gave his shoes up for something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I remember him giving them up for something. I don't remember what, though. So, yeah, he's he's pretty bad off with uh, with his foot. It's pretty bloody and more than likely going to get infected here pretty soon. Um, but they're 
traveling around and they get to a town and Travis, who works on engines a lot, uh, is going to hotwire this car, the station wagon and Christopher's like, oh, I'm going to go look for some supplies and he doesn't want to let him go at first because that's the whole point. Right now, Christopher is kind of... Uh, a dick? Well, he's not just a dick. He doesn't know how to assess his kid. His kid is either, you know a little bit psychotic or he just doesn't know how to deal with the whole world. And I mean, we saw that a lot in the beginning of the season two. He's look, he's looking around. He's, he sees things. He, he, he just watched after his mother died. He kind of just watches the dead and, and you know, uh, it, it's all very weird for him at the moment. And he, I, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but if you think about <laughs> it, Rick and Carl went through something similar too. Very similar. I mean, yeah. And Carl has come out the other end much better than than Christopher has. And maybe that's what they're trying to show here. They're showing how, you know, the effects of this world and having to go through the same things can make two different people. That's true. Very true. That's a good point. I like it. <laughs> uh, so Nick goes, or I'm sorry, Christopher goes into, I'm guessing, looks it looks like a little restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he sees uh, the two people that own the place are dead on the ground. Uh, and then he goes to grab a giant can of frijoles and some bottles <laughs> of water. Now, I thought it was interesting that when you see a giant can in the regular Walking Dead, Carl gets a giant can of pudding, whereas Christopher gets a giant can of beans. I mean, <laughs> I understand we're in two different regions of the world, one being... Uh, where was the, Mexico? Yeah. Well, yeah, Mexico was where is where Christopher was, but was that Atlanta where they found the the chocolate pudding, or was that further up north, closer to Alexandria? I think it was closer to Alexandria. That was um, after the whole uh, prison thing. Okay. Well, I mean, it was before Terminus, though, right? Yes. So Terminus was still in Atlanta. Okay. So yeah, or at least Georgia area. Um. But yeah, I mean, obviously they're two different regions of the world, but it, I did find it a little bit funny. <laughs> uh, but he's not taking stuff that he's found. He's taking stuff that someone else has found. Now, did you take it as those three guys killed the, the, the restaurant owners? They could have, especially what happens at the end. And when, you know, they... We'll get into it later. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because I mean, to me, it looked like the those two people died from bullet wounds to the head. Now, did they bleed out? Because there was a puddle of blood on the ground next to them. So, did were they already infected and they shot them, and and the the blood was from from them dying from the being infected or after being infected, or were they alive and trying to defend their restaurant? And these two these three guys killed them. That's I think that's a very interesting question that no one has brought up in the episode. That is true, and uh, I mean, obvi- I mean, obviously, Talking Chris- Dead. They bring it up. No, they didn't bring it up in the Talking Dead, which I thought was also interesting. But I was going to say, I mean, obviously, Christopher didn't bring it up to his father because he really likes these guys. Uh, he yeah. thinks that they're the, doing it the right way. Whereas Travis wants to get back to uh, Los Angeles and try and uh, maybe, hopefully, meet up with Madison, Madison, and the rest of the family, and you know, they can all go. His ideal is to go live off the grid somewhere, you know, in the, in maybe up in the mountains or, 
or you know just someplace that's secluded where there's not a lot of people. Whereas right now Christopher is much more like these guys. He's like, oh look, look at these guys. They're they're doing cool things. They're traveling around. They're just living, living. You know, like he thinks this is the baddest of the bad. It's awesome. Um, so when they, you know, he he then gets in, but that's later because he gets he runs away from those guys after he does save one of their lives because the guy he yeah. gets attacked by a walker. And he has a piece of rebar that he puts through the walker's head and he, and saves the guy. And uh, as that guy's kind of stunned by what happened, he Christopher runs away and he runs to his dad who's got the car started and he's like, "Go, go, 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 let's go, go. let's go, let's go." <laughs> yeah. And he lies to his dad. He says that uh, the reason he wants him to go is because he saw some some infected and he did just like his dad said and ran away instead of engaging them. And he doesn't tell them about the three guys or the fact that he killed a walker. And uh, they drive off. But they find a place to, to camp out in the middle of the night. And they're they're sharing their can of beans. And that's when the three guys kind of roll up on with, with their big truck. Yep. <laughs> and, and basically it's like, hey, you know, we're not going to look for you. We're just going to camp here. So you might as well just show yourself. Right, and on the Talking Dead, they they constantly refer to these three guys as the frat bros. Yeah, I, I said bros will be bros. <laughs> uh, which I also thought was interesting is one of those guys, the one that doesn't talk a lot because there's uh, what is it, Brandon, Baby James, and Andres, Andre or something? No. I don't know. They have names? They do have names. <laughs> but one of them, the one that didn't talk that all much, I was like, he looks very familiar. Well, he ended up being, he's, I don't know if you watched the remake of uh, Footloose, but he was the Kevin Bacon character. Like, the main oh. character of the movie. No, I didn't, I didn't see that movie. Yeah, so I, it's very interesting that he, he kind of doesn't really have that much of a role as of right yet, I assume that he probably will because, I mean, I'm not saying he's a big actor, but he was in a big Hollywood movie. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have to see where that plays out because, uh, you know, they, the three boys, the, the frat bros seem to have a good grip on what it is that this new life is. Take what you need, protect yourself, protect your friends. Uh, they've come up with a security alarm to put around their campsite. They have uh, tents to to sleep in. They uh, decide they they don't want to kill Travis and Christopher, at least not right now. Travis is very very suspicious of these guys, and uh, the the leader of the group seems to seems to pick up on that from Travis a lot, and he keeps he keeps mentioning the fact that you still don't trust me and stuff like that. Travis only wants to, you know, get a ride with him until they can get to the next town so he can get another car. But they, as they're driving up, Christopher, or as they're driving along, Christopher, uh, spots a farm and he says, look, there's, you know, there's vegetables, there's a house, you know, we can go and get supplies from there. So they pull off to it and they don't see anybody in the house. Travis notices that. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Travis, Travis notices that there's a graveyard, a mini grave uh, yard in in the front yard where it's you know obviously someone's family because they all 
died around the same time. And, uh, that's when you can go ahead and say it now. <laughs> oh, um, I was just saying, good eye, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the three guys, they go and they find the barn where, uh, there's a bunch of chickens. So now they're going to eat some chicken meat because they know how to kill, pluck, and cook up chicken, I guess. They like, I got one, guys! <laughs> <laughs> so when, uh, they're in there chasing down their chickens, that's when, uh, the farmer, the owner of the land, pops in with his rifle and has them all dead to rights, you know, trying to steal his chickens. And Travis is trying to keep the peace, talking about, you, you know, you don't need to shoot any of us. We'll, we'll leave. We don't need to be. Even though Travis was just talking about staying there with Christopher because yeah. he said that this is a great place. It's off the road. It's not easy to be spotted. You know, there's lots of land. We can live off of the vegetables here. And Christopher is like, no, I want to go, you know, with these guys. I want to just keep traveling, doing what what they're doing. And he's like, why? We can stay in this one place and we can live. And Christopher Strength in numbers. Well, Christopher's like, well, you're just, you just want to stay here because you're waiting for Madison to show back up. And he's like, he's trying to convince him that he's not, but maybe in the back of his head, he kind of is. He, I mean, it is a woman that he loves and he, he probably wants to be with her, but he's made this decision to be with Christopher because it's his son. So, uh, when the farmer shows back up, he's, uh, I mean, eventually, uh, was it baby James? I think is what his name is. He comes walking up with a live chicken and he breaks the chicken's neck. And the sound of that just sets the farmer off and he shoots him in the leg. Shoots him. Yeah. Uh, the, the leader of the gang still doesn't shoot the farmer because Travis is still trying to keep the peace, but. That's when a shot rings out, the farmer gets killed, and we find out that it's Christopher who has done the shooting. What the fuck, Chris? <laughs> and I think this is where I came up with the theory that, you know, Chris might be becoming a villain. He, he's he's okay with killing people, and he's obviously looking at the, the, the infected a little differently than uh, other people do, and he's okay with this idea of like, once again, he didn't say anything about the fact that these three guys killed the, the, the shop owners, the restaurant owners. He's okay with stealing from other people. He's a, he, 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 he has a different way of looking at this zombie apocalypse now. Right. I mean, at this point uh, that puts uh, Travis in a tough spot. Like, does he put Chris down or, does he leave him there with the bros? You know, what do you do in that sort of situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see in any scenario of him ever putting Chris down. But I think the, the, the decision to either leave him and try and go find Madison or try and convince him to leave the frat bros to come with him is, is, is very much there at the forefront of his mind. I assume that in the next few episodes, something's going to happen where the frat bros are going to show themselves uh, in their true nature. And Christopher is going to have to make a decision of whether or not he wants to stay with him or not. Right. Um, I mean, you know, this is something I wanted to talk to you because I said that, you know, Nick still remains to be, you know, an interesting character for me. I feel that what should have happened, Nick should have gone with uh, Travis and with Chris and, you know, 
I feel that even though they're just stepbrothers, I feel that he could have had more of a way to maybe getting Chris to listen and not be a dick and maybe psychotic. You know, that's, I don't know. I don't know if Nick could reach Christopher because though they're almost around the same age, they're, they're, they're two different worlds, I guess you could say. I mean, Nick with his drug abuse and Christopher with his abandonment issues because he really feels like his, I mean, you could tell that from the very beginning that he feels his dad abandoned him for this new family and all he had left was his mother, but now his mother's gone. So I don't know if he can, if you can even reach this kid anymore. I don't know. I kind of like to think, even though in this last episode, Nick was kind of a, you know, dumbass. I do feel that he's still somewhat of a moral compass. I feel like he could have provided that to to Chris and with Travis. I think he could have helped out. Fair enough. I mean, it it would it would it would definitely would have ended up a, a very cool dynamic to see see him go go off with uh, Travis and, and Chris instead of especially since he decided not to go with his his mother and his sister. Um, yeah. But this way they've they've really created three different storylines that we have to we have to follow separately now. And that yeah, might not be bad. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I don't think it's really been explored on regular Walking Dead. I mean, they did have that point where they all separated, but it was maybe only two or three episodes at most. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was just after the prison and before Terminus, right? Right. Yeah. So, we'll have to see. We'll have to see where the rest of this goes. I really, I really hope that... Travis decides to leave Christopher behind and let let him go off with those kids because you have to also take into account that this is around the age that Christopher, as a teenager, is gonna want. If if the zombie apocalypse wasn't going on, he's gonna he's gonna rebel against his dad anyways. So he's found, right. he's found these other guys that are around his age. I mean, yeah, they're a little older, but he really wants to fit in with them. This is gonna be his group of friends, kind of thing. And whatever they're doing is what he wants to do, even though his father's telling him it's not a good idea. And we see that a lot in in all stories, uh, movies, or TV shows, what have you. So uh, it's just told differently because now we're in the zombie apocalypse. I feel like Chris is a lost cause now, but I, I guess we'll have to find out. I really do. And like I said, I, I would like to see like Travis just kind of leave him, leave him to be with these guys, and then... You come, you come up onto him later, and you find out that he's kind of become their new leader, and he's forming his own little like evil posse. It'd be awesome if he met up with those pirates slash the Asian girl and took over their crew. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> cool. Anything else you want to say about these episodes, or you know, next week's episode? No, um, I'm pretty much uh, pretty much set. Um, I just want to know what the hell's going to happen with the doctor and with Chris. Um, that's mainly my main, I guess, what I want to find out now. Yeah, I think that's uh, where I'm kind of at too. I want to I want to find out more about this doctor and this community in general. Uh, what 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 is what their outlook and how they see perceive all this because it's it's very it's a very close knit community. So, uh, I want to find out more and I, I'm, I'm okay with where the show is at right now. I still have my problems with the, the younger actors of the show and, or at least not the actors, but their characters that they portray. Um, right. So, I mean, there's hope with Alicia. There is some hope with Alicia. She is coming out ahead, but she's still got that whole, uh, 
mouthy talk back like attitude that <laughs> usually pisses me off about teenage girl characters in all TV shows and movies because they can't seem to write them any differently. Right. Last thing. Um, so it, it seems that uh, the actor, I think Ruben Blades, uh, he's actually uh, going to come back in season three, but it hasn't been revealed how. Ooh, interesting. Uh, we'll have to see about that. I mean, it could just be flashbacks. Yeah, I mean, Ophelia could be close to death and be like, no, this is not what I wanted from you. You need to survive. Her father was definitely all about the survive mentality. Up until the end. (laughs) (laughs) When he lost it. Yeah, when he lost it. (laughs) Cool, man. Uh, If anybody has any else they'd like to throw in there as a theory for these shows or some of the news articles that we talked about, go ahead and... uh, Reach me on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel. I'm uh, Daniel Von Helvet at Twitter. And we'll be, uh, you can also get Geek Elite Radio <laughs> at Geek Elite Radio. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I said it uh, backwards at Daniel Von Helvet <laughs> on Twitter. On Twitter, there you go. Uh, and then come and check out our Facebook page, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook, where we talk do most of our conversation and uh, have a bigger community that we like to converse with and talk about uh, our, all our theories and different TV shows and news articles. But then check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. But until next time, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.